Jenna Ellis in the morning on American Family Radio. One of the president's ride-or-die defenders is legal advisor Jenna Ellis. It's such a political prosecution and a political persecution. Quote. This to me is a clear violation of the Fourth Amendment. It's revisionist originalism. Tolerance just isn't a two-way street with the Democrats. And I think that tells you all we need to know. Newsmax contributor and former legal counsel to President Trump. Jenna Ellis. Well, good morning on this historic day that is historic for all of the wrong reasons, of course, because the weaponization of government persists and Donald Trump will be arraigned this morning in a Manhattan courthouse. And uh, we will be covering this uh, this morning, even though we don't know the full uh, indictment that will be uh, released today in court. A judge has said that uh, no cameras will be allowed in the courtroom, but uh, reporters will be there as well as a few photographers. Um, but we are going to be joined this morning, I think uh, right now, by my good friend Chris Salcedo from Newsmax, and he, of course, hosts a radio show as well. So we will be simulcasting and uh, talking about this. So uh, good morning, Chris. Are you uh, connected with us? Russ here on the Chris Salcedo Show, and we do this every now and again. We'll simulcast with her network broadcast and simulcast with ours. She's also the host of Jenna, the Jenna Ellis Show on Salem Media. And Jenna, I, have you joined yet? Hey. Yes. Yes. Good morning. And we just listened to the back end of your introduction. So that was that was fantastic. How are you, Chris? <laughs> Doing great. Great to have you. You know, I figured you and I could do this. Uh, me covering the political uh, aspect of this and you with your legal expertise covering the, the, the legal because this is all meshing at this point. So it was kind of good. We had a, a simulcast scheduled for this morning. Uh, yes. You got first question. I'm going to let you go ahead and go first. Yeah. So speaking of this, uh, the the political fallout here, I think for everyone is wondering uh, for the 2024 election and President Trump is now about 30 points ahead of uh, of Ron DeSantis, who is poised to be his top contender. So where does this go from here? The polling is showing that since President Trump's the announcement of the indictment, his poll numbers have shot through the roof. Absolutely meteoric. Uh, the latest Fox poll I saw had President Trump up by 30 points. Other polling is showing similar movement in his favor. The, the fundraising for President Trump, first 24 hours after the announcement of the indictment, $4 million flowing into his campaign. As of yesterday, $7 million. $7 million, just an absolute a haul. And if it was just political, Jenna, I think I would I would be, you know, I'm okay with it. You know, if it was only politics, the only consideration here, but it's not what the Democrats have done with statements like Nancy Pelosi saying it's up to Americans that are the left wingers targets to prove their innocence. She said this in a tweet to prove their innocence. Once accused, the Democrats in, in true Soviet style are trying to implement a guilty until proven innocent standard, which, as you know, and you could probably explain a lot more articulately than I could, is is antithetical to what our American system has been. Absolutely. And a lot of Republicans pushed back on that because, of course, that is the Soviet style tactic, um, you know, to to go in and and politically persecute an opponent and then say, uh, prove your innocence. But this is what the Democrats are trying to do all the time with things like red flag laws, for example, to go in and say, we will take your weapons, we'll take your guns, and then you will have to prove your fitness 
in order to be able to exercise a constitutionally protected right. We know that due process in this country, Chris, requires that the government, when they are alleging and accusing an American of of uh, violating the law and trying to deprive us of any of our rights or liberties, they have the burden of proof. But here, you know, the Democrats don't want to do that, of course. And this isn't just about President Trump. This is about all Americans who have been systematically persecuted, including uh, Christians for standing outside of abortion clinics, for parents who just want to know the content of their children's um, curriculum in schools being put by the FBI and the DOJ on a ter- a domestic terrorism watch list. I mean, we found this yeah. out from um, from the committees in Congress. I mean, this is just absolutely insane. But I do want to circle back on do it the Saki circle back uh, on the <laughs> the hall of I, I know we can't ever say that phrase anymore. Um, she totally ruined it for us. But uh, on on the the hall from the, the about you know seven to eight million dollars that President Trump had, well, a DeSantis pack announced thirty million. So, I mean, just the contrast there, I think, is a little bit stark in the sense that President Trump has a ton of support from the grassroots, but the high-level donors right now are going for Ron DeSantis. Yeah, and you know what? And they're, they're, that's a double-edged sword, too, isn't it? Uh, the, the, the double-edged sword is the very same people, and you see these memes floating across Twitter, uh, the sewer that is Twitter and social media, where Democrats are bragging that none of their people have been indicted and it goes to the corruption like james comey uh, he announces that hillary clinton broke the law hillary clinton's homebrew server violated u.s law violated u.s directives but quote no reasonable prosecutor would go after her meaning uh, democrats don't get prosecuted in the united states of america so democrats are bragging that they've rigged the system to the degree to where no matter how many laws their side breaks they'll never get prosecuted let me point to what happened in Tennessee, where a bunch of left-wingers dedicated to stealing our right of self-defense busted in, uh, violently and illegally trespassed into the state capital of Tennessee. No arrests, because in today's America, we, we conservatives and Republicans and fair-minded independents are forced to fund a system that says to Democrats, well, you can be as violent and illegal as you want to be. We're not going to arrest you. But any one of you pro-Constitution individuals, any one of you America first individuals, you just take one little itty bitty step out of line and we're going to throw the book at you, even in the case of President Trump, resurrecting a, a statute of limitations expired violation, a misdemeanor, elevating it to a felony and using it as a predicate to make sure that he can never get into the Oval Office again. And I think I think that this this is the this is the legacy of the Democrat Party, the failure of the uh, of the American experiment and the failure of over 200 years of jurisprudence. Am I being overdramatic or is that how you read it? Not at all. I mean, this is all, Chris, about activism from the Democrats. This is not about the rule of law. This is about an intentional double standard. And so they want 
to hold their side to no rules, to no limitations, to any sort of political activism that they want in any branch of government or any of their own civilians. But then they want to completely warp and manipulate the rule of law, like what we were just talking about with Nancy Pelosi, and say, instead of even just holding us to the standards of due process, they want to suggest that uh, that for someone like President Trump, well, he has to prove his own innocence. They want to suggest that it's not even just about stepping out of line just a little bit for conservatives. It's about manipulating the text of the Constitution. And we remember that um, even in the aftermath of January 6th, when the Democrats intentionally tried to call that an insurrection. Well, why? Because they wanted to use the text of the 14th Amendment to say, oh, well, now that you've participated in a quote-unquote insurrection, then that means, Marjorie Taylor Greene and others, you are going to be precluded from ever holding federal office again. I mean, this is how insane the Democrats are. I mean, this is this yeah. is the standard that they want to hold. This is what they're doing in all professions against doctors who I was just in um, in Texas in your home state the um, last week. And mm-hmm. um, my good friend Don Huffines, who ran for governor, was telling me that a friend of theirs who is a doctor had his license taken away because the medical board found that his he, he wasn't wearing a mask or his mask has slipped or something during a patient interaction. I mean, and this is only because he prescribed other types of therapeutics and and this is the standards even of licensing. I mean, I'm getting I'm up to probably like 60 bar complaints. I was talking on my show last week about how um, someone filed a bar complaint wanting to have me disbarred because of comments I made on social media advocating for traditional marriage and family and calling me homophobic and therefore I'm not fit to. Uh, practice law in this country. I mean, it's it's insane. And, but this is where the well, Democrats are heading. They're trying to manipulate all the rules and hold us to a totally different standard. Right. They're anti-American. And I, as we observed yesterday, the Democrat Party no longer wishes to be Americans. So I, as a conservative, I, as a real American, uh, am eager to accommodate them. I, I, I am very eager to accommodate them. Folks, we're talking to Jenna Ellis, She's an attorney, nationally syndicated host of, the, of Jenna Ellis in the Morning on American Family Radio, uh, and she is also the host of Jenna, the Jenna Ellis Show on Salem Media. And Jenna, I didn't get a chance to tell your audience, but now you're being simulcast not only with the Voice of Texas, AM 700 KSEV, but also on Getter and Rumble and TNT Radio Live, TNT Radio Live, which is a worldwide network. So we've combined a couple of uh, pretty big audiences to have a listen to, I think, uh, uh, and, dis- and dissect a pretty big event, which historians may look back on the indictment of President Trump that is happening today as he is technically going to be arrested and, 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 and all of that. And I want to talk to you about the process that, that I think historians will look back on this and say, well, this was the turning point. This is where the Democrats went for it all. This is where the Democrats said that they were going to take over the United States. They were going to get rid of the constitutional protections that have, that have kept us America for over 250 years. And they're going to get rid of it all. And they're going to put in some sort of Soviet style, uh, China style, totalitarian facade of a democracy rather than a republic. And I, I think that's what we're seeing unfolding right before our eyes. And I have to be very critical. You mentioned off the top that, yes, a lot of Republicans did condemn 
Nancy Pelosi's comment, but not every Republican, nowhere near a majority of the Republicans who are in the United States Congress, which leads to my question to you. Do you think the Republican Party is up to defending us? <laughs> well, you know, um, this is why people love President Trump so much, because he is always willing to go to the mat and to fight this and to call it out for what it is. And I think that the Republican Party, particularly the RNC, is nowhere near um, equipped to stand up and do what they have to uh, for this country and to fight the legal battles. And we saw that in um, the, even the immediate um beginning of the 2020 election, not even the aftermath, but the fights that they didn't fight uh, leading up to the election to make sure to preserve the process. Um, we've seen how they they haven't helped uh, President Trump. They have not uh, done what's necessary to coalesce the whole party. I mean, we are, we are fractured and we don't have a cohesive strategy. The Democrats um, are putting together their weaponization of government on multiple different levels and angles. And of course, with the pinnacle today, it, with the arraignment of Donald Trump in this sham indictment. Um, but they have a strategy that is much more cohesive. And I think that is going to be a problem for Republicans moving forward because we just can't, can't seem to get um, it together enough to have a strategy because we are always on the defensive instead of going on the offensive. And that's you what know, I find you know term, really frustrating, Chris. You know the term long covid you know, uh, which, yep. which indicates that, that you have the China virus and then you keep the symptoms for an extended period of time. Well, I think that that's what America has, the disease of Democrats, long Democrats. Uh, as you know, left wingers, Jenna, they they are very patient and they dismantle whether they be in communist China, whether they be here in the United States. They dismantle protections for human freedom, liberty and prosperity. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now. And when you've got Mitt Romney and John Cornyn and Mitch McConnell and Lisa Murkowski and those types of Republicans who believe in big totalitarian government, they just believe they can administer it better. That's the problem. There is no contrast in what the political parties believe. Uh, when the Democrats decide they want to go anti-American, there are Republicans like Mitch McConnell who stroke their chins thoughtfully. <laughs> and Mitch McConnell by himself has multiple chins. Uh, he strokes his chins thoughtfully and says, how can we accommodate Marxists and socialists? <laughs> right. And, and we are already out of time in our simulcast, Chris Salcedo. Um, I really appreciate your comments and the opportunity to, to do this with your audience. And we'll have to do this more frequently. Uh, but I agree with you completely. And so, you know, the Republicans will just say, oh, well, then we need to cave on our values and we have to continue to have a bigger tent so that we can just go ahead and not offend anyone. And that is not going to be what it takes to stand up firmly and say, absolutely not. We have to make sure to preserve and protect civil liberties in this country. So we'll be right back. Um, more here on Jenna Ellis in the morning on AFR. The crucified Christ? He's not here. This is Bible League International, and how exciting for you and I to open our Bibles to Luke 24 and read where the angel says to Mary and the others, you're looking for the crucified Christ, but he's not here. He's risen indeed. Now listen, most evangelical Christians in the region of Asia have never read those scriptures for themselves. Why? They don't own Bibles. Because of corrupt governments and majority religions that do everything to stop the advance of the gospel. But oh, the joy that comes to a believer when he or she finally receives their own Bible. 
Bible. When I received Bible from the church, and I really love to read and read it, read it again. And because of those reading, God is really blessing my heart. The other reason for the shortage of Bibles in Asia is because this is where Christianity is growing fastest in the world, but as many as 9 of 10 new believers are Bibleless. $5 since a Bible, $100 since 20. Will you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD or give at sendbiblesnow.org. Sendbiblesnow.org. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Hakeem Jeffries, House Minority Leader from New York. He has served in the House of Representatives since 2012 and is a former member of the New York State Assembly. Proverbs 4.23 reminds us of the character and conduct of a good leader. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Hakeem Jeffries as he represents the people of New York each day. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. When deciding where to pursue your career goals, you want a university that you can trust, that offers a world-class education with the values, knowledge, and skills you need to succeed. That place is Liberty University, and now is the perfect time to start. Liberty is celebrating 50 years of training champions for Christ, a mission that has not wavered since it opened in 1971. With more than 700 programs online and on campus, Liberty can help you turn your vision into a future you can be proud of. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. The publisher of Gone with the Wind has added a trigger warning to the latest edition. Pan McMillan says Margaret Mitchell's Civil War novel romanticizes the Old South and is basically racist and stereotypical. Well, if the book is that offensive, why publish it at all? Would it not also be triggering for a publisher to make money on the sales of a novel they consider to be racist? The film adaptation has come under fire in recent years. HBO Max pulled Gone with the Wind from its streaming service, and a number of theaters refused to broadcast the movie, even though it set a record for Academy Award nominations and wins. Hattie McDaniel became the first African-American to win an Oscar thanks to her portrayal of the character Mammy, a moment in cinematic history that ought to be celebrated, not erased, but this is modern-day woke America, where common sense is Gone with the Wind. Be sure to read my book, Culture Jihad, at ToddStarns.com. Speaking truth with love. This is Jenna Ellis in the morning. Welcome back. And of course, we are talking this morning about uh, everything that will happen in Manhattan today with the indictment um, unprecedented of former President Donald Trump and uh, what we anticipate there and the political fallout. um, So much here. So uh, great to have back on the program our good friend Todd Starnes, who, of course, runs uh, ToddStarnes.com and is an excellent uh, commentator, radio host. And Todd, good morning. And, um, you know, your your reaction to all of this uh, since we last spoke, um, it just I'm still Honestly, I can't believe that the Democrats have overplayed their hand this far. They just keep going. 
Jenna, I think this is part of an ongoing uh, attack on the American way of life and this weaponization of the federal government, which actually started back during the, the, the Obama regime when they weaponized the Internal Revenue Service to go after pro-life groups, Tea Party groups, and of course many Christian ministries, including the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And uh, believe it or not, yours truly, I got audited twice by the Internal Revenue Service during the Obama years. And, and I think the whole point of that was to was to bully and intimidate. And, and that's what we are seeing now. And Jenna, keep in mind the lead up. It's important for people to, to understand the lead up to where we are with Alvin Bragg right now. For the past year and a half, we have seen the weaponized Justice Department going after pro-lifers knocking down their doors, dragging them out by the uh, by F, with uh, FBI agents, armed FBI agents. We've seen them going after moms and dads uh, who dared to raise issues at their school boards. And now, of course, the president of the United States. And I think the message is very clear. The government wants you to think long and hard the next time that you say something that might be contrary to the beliefs of the mainstream media or the Democrat Party, that if you do that, that there could be a knock on your do- uh, on your front door at the, at the dark of night. So this is all about bullying and intimidation. And President Trump was absolutely correct when he said this really is not so much about him as it is about you and me and all of our AFR listeners. Absolutely. And and this is about uh, suppressing speech and political viewpoint and um, and Christian viewpoints as well. And we've seen that, of course, with the Merrick Garland um, weaponization of the Department of Justice specifically against Christians. I mean, this is happening on so many different levels all across the country. And um, and you're right, Todd, to go back and even see when this really started uh, to happen and that this isn't something that's just new. But of course, the Democrats will come back and say, well, no one is above the law and a 34-count uh, indictment. Surely there is something there. And so we're just holding Donald Trump accountable. And um, and hopefully we'll know more this, this afternoon uh, what that indictment specifically contains. But, you know, our friend... Um, Jonathan Turley, I think, said it best, who, of course, is a brilliant legal analyst. And he said, OK, 34 times of, of nothing doesn't make anything stronger. It's just 34 times of nothing. It's a it's a fair point. And I, I had Laura Trump on, on my national show yesterday, and I was really interested in her and her take, her observations on this. She believes this is really a form of, of spiritual warfare, of, of a spiritual attack on on the family. And and I, I was really intrigued by her her approach on that because I I think there is something to that. When you look broadly at what's been happening in our nation right now, the the attacks on our values, the attacks on the churches, and and ultimately this is meant to weaken our nation to usher in this new age of socialism. And we've seen this play out in other nations. Uh, if you know Venezuela comes to mind, where the first thing they had to do was neutralize the church uh, within the nation 
to uh, to really prepare and lay the groundwork for a, a godless government to take root. And, and I think, again, going back to the, the China virus pandemic, when you had the government not just coming in and shutting down churches, but pastors willing to shut down their churches and to do the, the bidding of, of the government. So I think, you know, again, political, and I think there is a spiritual component to all of this, um, r- regardless, um, I think the average American, and when you even look at the ABC News poll that just came out, Jenna, I think everybody understands what this is really all about. And at the end of the day, I really don't think this hurts the president one iota. Yeah, and and looking back to what we've experienced even through uh, the the so-called pandemic, um, Todd Starnes and, as you said, pastors who were willing to shut down churches. Um, that was actually the worst part of it was not just the um, having to go through all of that, but to see some of the pastors that refused to take a stand, some of the Christians that just willingly said, you know what, I'm not going to go to church. That's completely fine. I'll ignore the directive of scripture. Um, that's, that's more scary because we've seen throughout world history, we see throughout the Bible. I mean, this is why we have the great cloud of witnesses as Hebrews 11 and 12 talks about that have come before us and that have believed in the promises of God and had faith regardless of their circumstances and trusted the Lord and did what he said anyway in spite of whatever it was that they were living through at their time. And there's a huge lesson in that for us, and especially facing this next challenge of a broader weaponization of government. I know everyone has been using um, that term to describe this just against President Trump, but I think you're right to have a broader perspective to say this is really targeting overall the church. It's targeting Christian values. It's targeting the family. Um, and and so how do we as Christians sort through all of this and and remain steadfast and decide, okay, we need to stand firm. And as... as um, as Ephesians talks about putting on the full armor of God so that in the day you will be able to stand. And that is so vitally important. Um, I've, I've always contested, and, and I've written about this in a number of my books, that, that we are called to be happy warriors. We can't adapt the tactics of the, of the left. And when we do, it never works. It always backfires. And, and I think when you look back at J6, and they're still trying to figure out all the whatever happened there, but I think that's a great example and illustration of, of standing up, but again, you cannot adapt the tactics of the left. So what do we do? Well, we, we need to understand our rights under the Constitution, and we need to engage those rights. We cannot just surrender our civil liberties to the federal government just because they say you've got to surrender your civil liberties. Uh, that, that's not how this works. But going back through through time, Jenna, we've realized, and um, look at most recently Coach Joe Kennedy, the football coach from Bremerton, Washington. This guy could have thrown in the towel, but he fought. And the lesson there is sometimes the victory doesn't come overnight. Sometimes it takes years. But if you are faithful uh, and you are and your cause is just, I believe at the end of the day the Lord is going to honor that. And, and we certainly saw that with Coach Joe, for example. 
Exactly. And we saw that with Pastor John MacArthur as well, who stood firm in the midst of L.A. County threatening uh, prison time for him just because he wanted to hold Sunday morning service um, throughout uh, the pandemic. I mean, we've seen this in a number of instances just um, in recent American history. I mean, we don't even have to go back to, to the founders and say, oh, you know, they stood up against the regime of their time. And so as, as we're looking forward then, uh, Todd, how, let's talk about the political fallout of this, because I think so many people are focused on 2024 and the presidential election as kind of the beacon of hope and saying, OK, if we can at least get a Republican, um, whether that is Trump or DeSantis or someone else, which which I would agree with that. And I know that you've openly endorsed and support President Trump like so many listeners uh, do. I, I just want to get a really solid Republican in there. And, you know, whether that's Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis or um, or someone else on the Republican ticket, I think that is so incredibly important. But we're seeing such division among Republicans who I think are taking a little bit more of the leftist tactics, um, in part, I think, honestly, because, you know, President Trump has has not had such uh, nice tactics himself sometimes. So so um, moving forward with this, I think this is a um, an opportunity for unity among um, conservatives, but especially Christians, to really focus on what ultimately matters, which is preserving and protecting our civil liberties in this great country. And um, and so how do we move forward then in the midst of what is surely to be a very, very hard fought primary, um, focusing then on the general election? You know, it's it's interesting, Jenna, because again, I I have endorsed former President Trump, and and I believe he's due a second chance. Uh, I've been looking at the polling data, and these flash polls are really fascinating. I mean, the president, former president, up thirty points over his nearest competitor. I think the the there was some new polling data out today that suggests Ron DeSantis uh, getting ready if he has not already dipped below twenty percent uh, in in support. And I will, I will say this, and look, I'm with you. I'm going to support whoever the nominee is. If it's Donald Trump, great. If it's Ron DeSantis, great. I'm not one of these people out there saying, oh, Ron DeSantis is the Antichrist. And believe it or not, there are conservatives out there who really believe he's some sort of a closet liberal. You know, it's the craziest stuff we're, we're starting to see. And, and conservatives need to be very careful to stop wounding their own. Um, that being said, uh, Mike Pence, for example, this is this is just sort of inside baseball. So the Pence campaign and the DeSantis campaign, to some extent, are complaining because they're not getting good press. Well, the reason is very simple. They have bad communication teams, and they do not provide their candidates up for interviews. So if they want them to get more press, they have to be willing to let them sit down for interviews with someone other than Fox News Channel. So uh, maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know, but I think the base of the party understands that, and, and I think this is the divide, Jenna, is that an overwhelming number of Republicans, conservative, moderate, whatever, actually support the Trump agenda. They saw what Trump did, and he had an incredibly effective administration, an incredible four years in office, in spite of all of the attacks. So, But here's where the divide is. Who is capable of doing that again? And I think that when the base of the party looks at the current lineup, they see only one guy they believe can actually do that, and it's the guy who's already done it, Donald Trump. 
Yeah, and 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 in, in terms of press, I absolutely agree with you that um, that Trump has such a great perspective on media because he's willing to talk to literally anybody, and that um, that helps him quite a lot. It's it's hurt him, I think, in some instances, and you know, and definitely among his team when there are leaks and things like that. But um, but just for example, I mean, I've I've invited Governor DeSantis um, on this show and have been trying to you know get gone back and forth with his team for a while. And oh, you know, we're we're working on it, and and we get all of those types of things where you know pr- it was easier to schedule President Trump, right? So those types of things um, in terms of. Um, the media, I think Vivek Ramaswamy is doing a really excellent job by going on all of the networks and being willing to sit down even with opposition media and pointedly telling them, no, you're wrong and here's why, and pushing back and not just saying, oh, well, they're fake news, so we don't want to talk to them until you give us a fair shake. Well, no one on the leftist media is going to give any Republican or conservative candidate a fair shake. We just know that going in. I mean, I knew that going into interviews when I was representing uh, President Trump, just knowing that that, that's never going to happen. But you go in anyway so that you can talk to their listeners and it doesn't even matter what the anchor says. And so um, so I think you're you're right that in that sense, um, President Trump has always been willing to stand up and go into the arena and take a stand and fight back and correct people and say, no, this is wrong and here's why. And I think the American public really likes that and they want to see someone stand up and push back, not just uh, be hesitant and only respond when they're asked. And I think we saw that as well with um, the reaction to Ron DeSantis's comments. I mean, and you and I talked about that on the show as well, you know, the, the, the reaction to all of that. Um, so what do you expect just in the last uh, couple of minutes that we have here, Todd Starnes, from um, the, the other candidates, um, and I'm going to include Ron DeSantis in that for the moment, even though he hasn't announced, um, in terms of the response to this indictment, because this is going to be taking up the news for a while, um, especially as we learn about the indictment. And so what should other candidates do to build that um, cohesiveness instead of just sitting back and kind of saying, well, that's Trump's problem and we're going to focus on something else? Yeah, and, and, and that would be the wrong approach because it's not Trump's problem. It's everybody's problem. And if, if Ron DeSantis thinks that they're not going to do the same thing to him, then he's got another thing coming. Uh, so here's what my recommendation to Ron DeSantis would be to jump into this. And I would mention Donald Trump by name. And I would say this is, you know, again, just give a fierce defense of the Constitution, a fierce defense of Donald Trump, and also condemn this weaponization of the government. And what that does is it sets DeSantis up for you know for the future and whether that be as trump's running mate or if trump decides you know what at the end of the day i'm not going to do this then guess who just comes right up to the top it's ron DeSantis, the guy who had donald trump's back and and this is again something that transcends politics i appreciate what jeb bush did jeb bush is a raging never trumper but he was one of the first to come out and condemn this weaponization of of the of the government and and i say good for you uh governor bush Because, again, he understands that if they're coming after Trump, they're coming after everybody else. And and that is really the key here. It's not just about Trump. It is about all of us and making sure to preserve and protect 
our rights in this country. And uh, Todd Starnes, really appreciate your time today. And we're going to be continuing to talk about this. And uh, hopefully we will see that indictment later today and uh, actually be able to break that down. So you can listen to the JennaEllisShow.com later. And uh, speaking of Laura Trump, she's going to be joining me uh, today on that show. So we will have more with you there. And also we'll be right back here on Jenna Ellis in the morning. It's easy to find people who are skeptical about what the Gospels claim, but have they truly considered the facts? This week on Truth For Life, Alistair Begg examines the evidence and the witnesses that verify the death and resurrection of Jesus. Study along with Alistair Begg on Truth For Life. Truth For Life, weekday mornings at 1130 Central on AFR and online at AFR.net. Big Tech is blatantly censoring conservative and Christian content, and today's issues made sure you're aware. The control of information is stunning. Dr. Scott Atlas, one part of the president's team on coronavirus, cited information out of Europe on the lack of value of wearing masks, and Twitter has removed him. If the issues affect you and your family, today's issues will keep you informed. Weekday mornings at 10 Central on AFR, or listen to the podcast anytime at AFR.net. David, the son of Jesse, just an ordinary giant slayer. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. David's battle with Goliath is an epic drama where the little boy stands in God's power to conquer the Philistine giant. David didn't awaken that morning expecting to slay a giant. He didn't stroll in with an entourage after a rugged mountain range training camp like Rocky in Rocky IV. He was just a regular kid bringing his brother's lunch but fully confident in God's immeasurable power. Though he saw Goliath, David never acknowledged him as a giant, saying, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who dared defy the Lord of hosts? When regular people are fully persuaded, fully confident in God's power, giants fall. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. In churches, and a lot of churches today, the issue of identity is sort of like the big elephant in the room. It's in the news, but it's not in the church. So if it's in society, it needs to be something the churches are addressing. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality, is now available for church screenings and events. Every person in America needs to see this. And all pastors need to show this to the church, get the people informed. If the church and Jesus isn't the answer, where's the world going? We want the message of the film to touch as many hearts and lives as possible. And we'd love to join with you to bring the film to your community. So let's say you have a small group or your church, or we've even been bringing the film into some prisons. We want to partner with you. So what we'll do is we'll send you a special kit and it's completely free and it'll just have some extra resources to help you promote your event. To find out more about how to host an event, go to inhisimage.movie and click on the host an event tab. That's inhisimage.movie. Welcome back to Jenna Ellis in the morning on American Family Radio. And today we are still following the pending arraignment of former President Donald Trump and seeing all of the chatter on Twitter from you know, the leftists who are saying this is such a great day and uh, and, and loudly cheering 
uh, really the downfall of due process and the rule of law just because they are out to get their political opponents. And uh, Democrats, as I spoke with uh, my good friend Chris Salcedo uh, this morning in uh, the opening segment of this show, um, Democrats want to use the double standard. They don't care if they tear down the institutions of government. And in fact, that's their goal. And so if you missed any of this show, you can go on AFR.net and listen to the podcast version. Uh, But I want to get to my uh, last guest, and of course, we saved the best for last um, this morning, who is uh, Congressman Corey Mills from the great state of Florida, um, to to just continue to talk about this. And uh, Corey, I I just want to get a perspective from you first from um, the the tenor and the conversations around Congress, because I know that uh, Representative Jim Jordan, who we've had frequently on this show, good friend of the show, um, is chairing the Committee on Weaponization of Government. And uh, there are a lot of members of Congress who are looking into how, hopefully legislatively, we can prevent uh, some of this from occurring against conservatives all across the country, not just former President Trump, but Christians and parents and, you know, all of these things that are going on across the country that are specifically targeted uh, just against political opponents or a viewpoint that is against their Democrat agenda. So what are things looking like um, from a congressional point of view? Well, thanks for having me back on, Jenna. Yeah, Jim Jordan is a close personal friend. He's actually the person I've known the longest Uh, of any member in Congress. Um, You know, one of the things that we did in the 118th Congress was to set up this uh, subcommittee, which is the kind of uh, Senator Church-style committee that allows us to go through weaponization of the federal government. What we're seeing right now is a complete weaponization of our judicial system, whether it is the uh, gross abuse by the Department of Justice and their misuse of the FBI, whether it's the example we're talking about right now with uh, D.A. Alvin Bragg, who actually ran his campaign on going after Donald Trump. So no secret there, the George Soros-backed uh, D.A. But the reality is, is that, you know, this isn't just about trying to prevent it from going after conservatives or going after Christians, although that has been the popular target from the left. This is really about protecting all Americans from weaponization of our federal government. And the fact that D.A. Alvin Bragg has now stated that he is, in fact, utilizing federal funding, that opens the door for Congress, as Article One has specified for accountability and oversight, for us to actually bring him in under subpoena and investigate his actual motives and purpose. Because, as you know, and, and I'm not a lawyer and you are, Jenna, I mean, the gag order violation alone would be more damning than the actual charge he's being attempted to be arraigned for. And the fact that they're actually upgrading it from a misdemeanor, which other departments would not even pick up and other uh, DAs wouldn't even pick up and drop the case, just for the simple fact of political targeting, is truly gross negligence. Yeah, and so well said, and I'm grateful uh, for everything that the Republican majority in Congress is doing. Um, and you mentioned this this gag order um, that is expected to come from this judge today, and um, you know th- that's something that is also unprecedented in this. A type of political climate, um, you know, gag orders are frequently um, handed down by judges in in various contexts. But here, if you have a a, a candidate for 
the highest office in the executive branch in the country that then cannot even defend himself publicly, that is election interference. And and that is something I mean, and, and we've seen that this judge um, is the one that found um, what was it, 17 uh, counts guilty for the for the Trump organization and, you know, has a history of, um, you know, of this type of maybe, you know, anti-conservative conduct. And so um, so President Trump and his legal team have suggested that they're going to, you know, fight that on First Amendment grounds. Um, but. Also, uh, District Attorney Alvin Bragg has been subpoenaed and wrote that that letter to Congress suggesting that he he's not going to come in and had, in my view, was a little snarky in his response. Um, so so what is Congress poised to do in terms of actually trying to get him in and to comply with that subpoena? Well, look, I think it's the same thing. If uh, President Trump did not come to the arraignment, what would Alvin Bragg done to him? You know, he would have tried to have thrown him under the bus. And so, you know, my whole thing is, is that if uh, D.A. Alvin Bragg wants to uh, in some way violate our request, he will be subpoenaed. If he doesn't want to follow the subpoena, then we'll continue to take it to further and further action. And he'll see exactly how the rule of law truly works. You know, it's just a a real sick negligence and gross um, abuse of power by Alvin Bragg and by the Manhattan uh, judicial system. And I think that this is really going to come back to bite them. And like you just pointed out, by the way, Jenna, and, and, and well said, which is that you're talking about a man who is running for the highest office in America, who you know as well as I, in the public light, you are constantly attacked. And you must be able to articulate and defend your position on things or actually state the facts, because we know that the media, in most cases, will not state the facts. And now you're trying to prevent him from being able to defend himself in the public light. This is all intentional to try and bail out a failing Joe Biden and try and ensure that they can try and influence the elections as they've done in the past. And so, you know, for me, this is uh, so very obvious, and I think that it's going to backfire massively. Well, as you've seen, uh, D.A. Alvin Bragg actually is the MVP of fundraising for President Trump at the moment. Um, I think he's raised almost $8 million since this uh, kangaroo court-style judicial system has taken place. But the reality is, is that President Trump is up in the polls. President Trump is leading, and so now the left is in you know, crisis mode and willing to do anything they can to include election interference, which, in my opinion, again, this is not a Republican or a Democrat issue. This is an American issue, protecting the integrity of our elections, protecting the republic and the democratic process, and ensuring that every single person running has a free and fair ability to represent themselves. And that's exactly what they're trying to prevent by this gag order and by this arraignment for this kangaroo court. Yeah, and and that's that's so well said, and it's just it's so frustrating. I think for um, so many people, and, and I keep saying that because I, I feel like there are so many people who not only you know call in and write into this show, but you know contact me on on Twitter. Just seeing all of all of the chatter from uh, people who recognize that that this is such a a double standard in America where you yes. have the Democrats that are going after conservatives on the, the, you know, the average common man all the way up to a former president. And they're holding 
them accountable to a a standard that is well outside of the rule of law. I mean, you're talking about offenses here today that President Trump is going to be arraigned for in a criminal court that are well outside the statute of limitations that have been declined to be prosecuted for years by a predecessor in that same office. And and, and sorry to cut you off, but one of the things that drives me absolutely mad, Jenna, is the fact that and he even has a letter signed by Stormy Daniels herself where she is an admittance to the fact that no transactional uh, thing took place between her and President Trump. And it's signed by her directly. Right, right. But yeah, but the left doesn't care about, you know, things like evidence. They don't care about things or like, facts. you know, truth or anything like that, because that would get in the way. Right. I mean, it's, it's so bizarre. <laughs> and then you have former Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who's out there actually oh. uh, tweeting that, you know, oh, now, well, President Trump will have an opportunity to prove himself innocent. I mean, th- but this is what no, they want it, to do to all Americans. In America. You know, the, the whole the whole thing is, is that to be the former speaker, I mean, again, she's saying the silent parts aloud. You know, we are a nation where by the rule of law and again, not telling you anything because you are a lawyer, we are innocent until proven guilty, not guilty until proven innocent, although that's the way the left is running our judiciary system. And so, you know, the reality is that, you know, the, the left, they're not even trying to be covert about what their attempted, you know, uh, play is here. I mean, they are openly telling us. And it's like the old saying, when someone tells you who they are, believe them. You know, here Pelosi is literally not even understanding that we're a nation that is built on the rule of law and innocent until proven guilty. And she's saying, oh, well, he'll have a right to prove himself innocent. No, no, no. The onus is on the judiciary system to provide the necessary evidential proof without a shadow of a doubt that he has committed some type of a crime. And the idea that the crime which they are actually accusing accusing him of, that the individual who is part of this, the Stormy Daniels, has already written a sworn testimony saying that there was no actual money paid, it just goes to show that this is all for political purposes. This has nothing to do about rule of law for the left. Of course it doesn't. And, you know, there is, and I'm glad you brought up, you know, the standard of beyond a reasonable doubt, which is uh, what the, the hallmark uh, standard of proof is in this country. And if, you know, if you look at the legal spectrum of proof, that's the highest standard beyond, you know, any and all doubt. Um, you know, you don't have to have 100 percent proof, but beyond a reasonable doubt is something that, you know, and the law um, defines that as a doubt that would cause a reasonable person to hesitate to act in matters concerning themselves, like a reasonable person. But do we really think that there are any reasonable people anymore on juries in Manhattan? I mean, this is where it's it's such a political persecution here. And, and I think you're right, Corey Mills, that this is not about, you know, even seeking long term a conviction, because unless it gets kicked out on procedural grounds, which it should, you know, a, a motion to dismiss mm-hmm. from the defense mm-hmm. and so forth, this is going to just uh, be carried out in throughout the the primaries where this is going to be That's hanging right. around President <clears throat> Trump for the entire primary and then who knows what will happen in DC and also Fulton County Georgia to just continue to pile on and suggest to the American That's people right. that this is what happens if you decide to go against the regime and the uniparty that is in DC. So in just the last few minutes we have here though let's kind of end on on a note of hope maybe um, because you know I think a lot of people are are feeling like we 
are not just losing our country. We have lost our country because if this can happen to President Trump, who has so many resources, a huge platform, you know, all of these other things Mm -hmm. and has fundraised so much, then what can an average American do to stand up and say, you know, I'm going to exercise my civil rights in this country, my constitutionally protected rights without fear and without being intimidated into silence, because that's what they want. They want to intimidate us to just sit down, be quiet and go along with their agenda or else. Well, you're exactly right. And I would love to have some type of a cheerful mood in this. But the reality is, is that we saw since 2004, when Obama weaponized the IRS to target conservatives that were constantly under attack. And I don't even think that they're trying to hide it any longer. The attempt is is to absolutely uh, denigrate the republic to a point where economically, politically, and militarily, we are so weak that we can help to advance the attempted hegemony by Chairman Xi and the Chinese uh, with the help of WHNWF. So, you know, the American people need to understand the most valuable tool that we have as Americans is our voice. The most valuable tool that we can actually present to try and say the republic is our vote. And I think that it's one of those things that us as the 118th Congress, and again, I have said this openly, all the Republicans and, and, and all my colleagues, if we're going to keep saying that we are the majority, we need to start acting like we are the majority. We need to start actually taking the necessary actions to help to prevent this type of thing, because if they'll go after – and this is setting the tone. If they will go after a former president and 2024 presidential candidate, what does that say for the rest of America? And Mm -hmm. so we need to be coming out in force. We need to come together and stop the political infighting that is destroying us. We don't need to do the devil's burden for them. We need to go ahead and start coming together as conservatives to protect the republic. And right now, I'm seeing not only the left attacking us, but a tremendous amount of infighting within our own party. We need to come together. We need to understand that we have a common enemy here, and that common enemy is trying to destroy our constitutional republic. Yeah, incredibly well said. And I actually echoed that exact same sentiment uh, this morning in a in an opinion piece for Epic Times. And uh, listeners, you can go to um, either the Epic Times or you can go to um, my timeline on Twitter. And uh, the, the headline there is the indictment against Trump is a chance for unity against government weaponization. And I think that really right. is the message here, Corey Mills, that uh, we need to come together as conservatives, regardless of political perspective and even any of the Democrats who may be listening to this show. I mean, it doesn't actually matter your your political viewpoint. This is all about Correct. making sure we can all still have political viewpoints in America. And we can have that open conversation and we can have free and fair elections and we can <clears throat> have all of these constitutionally protected rights that we so enjoy in this country. And um, Corey Mills, I really appreciate it. And I wanted to get um, your comments and, and thoughts on some other topics. But of course, we'll save that for next time. Um, friend of the show, always really appreciate you stopping by. And, um, you know, for everyone listening, the uh, the hope that we need to have, of course, is always in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and how we as conservatives and first and foremost Christians have to approach this is with prayer and understanding that uh, throughout human history, there have always been targets against Christians, but the church has always remained because we have hope in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So let that carry you throughout the day. I'll see you tomorrow morning right here on American Family Radio Network.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.